We have such a great guest today. It's my friend Jen Esker, otherwise known as Doc Jen Fit. She's a doctor of physical therapy and an educator. We talk about her methods and her belief that we can change the limitations that are put on us by external forces. Also, how we can change our body conversation to really thrive. Doc Jen talks about inflammation, gene expression, and the incredible benefits of breath work. Listen in and you will feel empowered to take control of your body, health, and wellness. Hi everyone, welcome to Habits and Hustle. Uh, today we have my friend on today, Doc Jen Fit, otherwise known as Jen Escare, which I always seem to like screw up your last name. She has something called the Mobility Method and also the Optimal Body. Um, and also she's just an all-around great girl and um, she was on before, but didn't really work out with the taping. So we're going to do this again. So thank you so much for coming on and I guess... Hey, how are you? <laughs> Thank you for having me here, especially after the whole like kerfuffle with the tape. That's fine. I'm actually, I'm happy to have you because number one, I just love you as a human being. Yeah. Um, and um, you have so much amazing information to share. And I was saying to you before, like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, do we talk about like the mobility method, the new program, the <laughs> optimal body? Like, I think... I don't know. Where should we start? The let's talk. Let's start with what we were talking about earlier, which was the whole thing about listening to our bodies and the what you call the body conversation. Mm -hmm. So, the floor is yours, my girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So the reason I call it a body conversation is because I relate it to any other kind of conversation we have. So when we're having conversation, it's what someone is saying to us, what we're internalizing, and then what I think is the most important part, what we're listening to. Right. So that relates to the body in terms of the external conversation I say for a body conversation is like what the doctors are saying to you, what your family says to you, like, oh, this runs in our family, or you're genetically predisposed for this, or, oh, you have this kind of back pain, well, now you can't do this, and you got this, and you're going to do this. And it's what everyone is just projecting onto our bodies. And we usually internalize. Right. And I've seen a lot of patients where that becomes the norm, where it's like, oh, okay, my doctor said I won't be able to run anymore, or I can't do this anymore, or I have this, and now this is my body. Or my mom had plantar fasciitis, so I have plantar fasciitis. Right. And what That's we a good think point. of like what you know is told to us becomes what we internalize. Well, also because I think that First of all, I should say, I, I think I didn't even say because I was just like saying that you're my friend and Doc Jen Fit. This is, <laughs> she's also a doctor of physical, of, of physical therapy, yeah. correct? So that's why we're talking about like how the mind and body are so connected. And I totally, I, I totally agree with what you're saying because whatever I think we think we are, we are going to be mm -hmm. or, or vice versa, mm -hmm. right? So if, you, if you're told you have this because it's genetics, then that's how you're going to that's how you're going to basically be in life and yeah. you're going to act like that. Yeah. So uh, you what do we, what do you do to kind of, I guess, to, to counter that? What's your, what's the plan? Like if someone says, like you were saying, you have, your mom has plantar fasciitis yeah. as a silly example. Yeah. But which, it's true. A lot of people yeah. come in saying that, well, this is the structure, which yes, genetically, like structurally we can be 
we can take on our structure from our parents okay. uh, to a certain degree, but at the same time, we can always change internally what's happening based on the exercises we choose to do, the mobility we choose to do, and what we put into our bodies. So we don't necessarily have to take on plantar fasciitis. If you were born completely with flat feet, which that doesn't happen all the <laughs> right, time, it, right. it, it is a thing. You can be you can be born with a completely flat foot. I think I have it by the way right now. Or you could have developed it over time. So we get to really observe which one is it. And that still doesn't mean that you have to be, you have to have these diagnoses on you. Like I have scoliosis. I don't have back pain. I'm not limited in what I can do. You see my crazy handstands and crazy. And I load and I lift and I do other things. So I'm not limited based on having that. That's interesting you say that. I actually went to a chiropractor the other few weeks ago because I thought I had either uh, tendonitis in my, on the top of my foot or plantar fasciitis. I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he, I do have that, but he says I have really bad scoliosis. Mm-hmm. Now, don't, don't most people generally have a little bit of it? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Right? Yeah. So what's considered a little or a lot? Like, so he made me go get x-rays at somewhere yeah. else, come back, and it's like, basically, it's like, it, it looks like I'm like, he says, like I look like a, a total S. Yeah. Does that mean I should, people with that with that type of, if they have it a little bit, what's considered to be okay and not? Or is it just a scare tactic when they say, oh, you're like, please, See, Jen. Our, <laughs> what do you think of chiropractors? Are they good, bad, the other? Well, I think it's the same as, I can say the same as an MD or a physical right. therapist. It always depends. It depends, of course. Because I know, I'm just kidding. I, you know, I don't think that one dictates them all. And I can't say the same for physical therapists. There could be really bad physical therapists out right. there. Right, that's, true. that's um, true. Who are just doing massage, just doing ultrasound, just doing light therapy, just doing dry needling. And that's all they're doing Mm -hmm. is what they're putting on a patient. So I'd say anytime a patient is going in and they're passively on the table and we're saying, I'm going to fix you based on my treatment. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fix you based on my adjustments. I'm going to fix you based on my manipulations. Right. If that's all that the treatment is, yeah, you're going to need to keep going again and again and again, because you're relying on someone else to feel good. And what all those treatments do is they manipulate our nervous system and they make our nervous system for that moment feel safe, for that moment feel good. So you get an adjustment and you're like, oh my God, everything feels loose and amazing. We're also releasing endorphins when we do, when we hear that pop and we hear that crack. We we do? Yes. And we're, it's not necessarily literally adjusting something back into place. It's allowing our nervous system to feel safe. And when our nervous system feels safe, it feels like it can have more movement, more freedom. And so for that moment, it feels like we're fixed. But then why would we need to go again and again and again and again? No, because absolutely. Because it's, it's not necessarily fixing anything because no one else can fix us. Like it's only what we do within our own body. So unless someone is teaching you the tools as to what you now need to do when you go home mm-hmm. and why it's so important for you to start implementing this into your life, nothing's going to change. It's with everything in life though. This is just a, a, this is just one microcosm yeah. of how everything is. But what I love about you, and I'm not just saying this because you're sitting in front of me, is that because you don't look at the body as just like what it is in the front of you as like the physical being. You really kind of figure out what is going what is going on under the hood deeper, and that's how you get true change and evolution in everything in life. Like yeah. you're saying, like that's the thing. That's my issue with a lot of chiropractors. Not all, of course. Yeah, is you're fixing what what's in front of you mm-hmm. for that moment in time. Yes, but that's why it's constantly going back. But 
this, this is a bigger conversation, not just about like your physical ailments, but about like the mind body connection and how, um, how, what, what, what's going on inside is basically it manifests itself on the outside. Yeah. We're saying that. And so, you know, a lot, like if you have rashes, if you have a pain in your foot, like how, what is going on? Like, give us some, like some examples or let's talk a little bit through what it means when you have like a physical ailment, like what is happening on the inside? There's so many different things that could right. be happening on the inside, you know, and that's where I really go back into this conversation. Yeah. So externally, I say we can, we don't have to take on anything someone else tells us just like, like, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. If you allow that to be true, then you can't do right. it, but you don't have to take on any of that. Right. Like, oh, you're ugly. You're you, whatever judgment someone I'm else. I'm ugly. No, yeah, whatever judgment someone else wants to put on you. Yeah. You don't have to take that. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it's it's up to us whether we're going to manipulate it. And when we're talking, even genetically speaking, mm -hmm. we now know that we have the ability to change the function of our gene. So although we can't change our DNA, our DNA stays. We can change the function of how that DNA and how that gene is going to react. Wow. How does that work though? changing our environment. So even if it's, even meditation has been proved to turn on mm -hmm. or to turn off our pro-inflammatory genes. And so now we get into that anti-inflammatory state Does just really by meditating. Work? Yes. Yes. It's like literally in the research, the research that when we go into the meditative state and we can do this over a time period of eight hours, not all at once, mm -hmm. but over an eight hour period, it has been shown to turn off your pro-inflammatory genes. So that's how we're automatically getting into that anti-inflammatory state. If we change our environment based on the air that we're breathing mm -hmm. in, how much water we're taking in, because our body is mm -hmm. mostly made up of water, um, how much sleep we're getting, uh, all of these things. And then what we're putting in our body based on what your individual body needs. I don't think there's a one size fits all like, oh, you can't have dairy. You can't. I think it all depends Absolutely, on, yeah. on what your body needs. And I'm not going to go into that. I think go get checked, you right. know, of course. <laughs> see you what your allergies are. Um, but the more that you, you take out what doesn't serve your body and you put in what is good for your body, which I think we can all agree is mm -hmm. like more whole real foods of more plant-based things and less or no sugar right. would be a starting point. So when we go into changing up our environment in general, we already can start to change the function. And so a lot of these uh, genetic disorders like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, cancer even, um, we can't say for certain, but a lot of these heart disease are driven through inflammation. Right, right. No, so if right. we can start to change how our gene is going to function based on that, then we're changing the function of that gene. So now mm -hmm. I get to cross out all these genetic things that I've been told externally are placed on me. So right, so you're saying that because most of these things that you said is about inflammation. Yeah. So we have to figure out a way to lessen, of course, yes. the inflammation on in our body. Yes. And you're saying meditation, obviously, we've yeah. heard this for, I mean, especially in our world, we, yeah. we, we talk, all the time. we hear it all the time. Is it accumulative in the sense yes. that if you just do a one-off here and there, it's not going to make a difference, no. but it's over time, over time that it will happen. Okay. What happens with somebody like myself, okay. Who is a very type A personality mm -hmm. who, uh, my form of meditation isn't the same meditation that a lot of other people is it would it 
So for, for me, in my in my head, I feel like running is mm-hmm. my form of meditation because it kind of like it in my brain it soothes me. I can mm-hmm. think. I can kind of like, it kind of gets me to my baseline, Mm -hmm. but that also is very inflammatory in a lot of ways. So what happens in that? Like, does it have to be meditation sitting there? Like, "Mm," like, is there another type of, what do you believe in different? My question is twofold. Are there different forms of meditation that not, what I'm not a one size fits all. And then the other part is, um, well, first answer that and then I'll get to the other part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. So I think, yes, there's many different forms of yeah. meditation and not one size fits all. And there's no right or wrong way to do that, any right. meditation. I can't sit still for two seconds doing that. <laughs> but I think that is something that you get to lean into then. Like, what am I resisting? Why am I resisting it? And I, why can't I do it? It's true. You know? And, but here's my thing. I don't think it needs to look like, okay, let me turn on this app and try to listen to this person talking and think that I'm going to sit here and not be able to think of all the things that I have to do and blah, blah, blah. Right. So when I'm usually working with a patient, we're working on breath work. What is my rib cage doing? How is it expanding? Yeah. Can I feel it? Can I, like, what am I touching? When I get someone to tune into their bodies that way, and it becomes an exercise mm-hmm. of how long you're going to breathe in, how long you're going to hold, how long you're going to breathe out, what is your rib cage doing? Feel the movement within your chest and your belly and your rib cage, and literally feel it on your body. You can't be doing running. Right. No, exactly. You can't be doing something else. But breath work to me is very much meditation. It's just a different name. Exactly. And that's why I do that. Right. That's why I do that because a lot of people are resistant to the word meditation. So you think it's more of a like change, it's psychological. Yeah. Like you hear the word meditation. I do anyway. And I'm like, oh fuck, I'm not doing that. Exactly. And a lot of people feel that. And that's totally okay. I get where that's coming from and I see it. Do you meditate? So I do. Of course. Yeah. And I. I can't say that I do it on a daily basis. I do get to be more practiced yeah. with that. Um, but I do, I, I do breath work. I, I guess I do kind of meditate almost every day. And I've been doing it now with my partner. And that is so incredibly centering. Like if, <laughs> I mean, sinking breath with, a, with another person too and just getting into that rhythm together and doing that for an extended period of time. That's super crazy. centering. Really? So yeah. A lot of people don't do it with their, I mean, so Jen has a, a new boyfriend, but we'll talk about that. I was going to wait <laughs> five minutes before diving into that and getting into trouble, you know, but since you did bring it up, not me. Um, so you, so with, what's your new boyfriend's name? Tom, Dominic, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so you, how, he doesn't even live in LA. So how would you, sorry, I should like, you're, you're the guest. <laughs> so who's your new boyfriend, Jen? <laughs> what? Um, your boyfriend? Cool. Yeah, cool. he is a, am I blushing? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I am too though, but okay, yeah. Uh, he's a physical therapist, he's from Minnesota. Okay. Um, and he, you know, he's actually worked on a lot of his own anxieties and body uh, pains and things through diving into like Wim Hof type stuff. Oh yeah, I did that. Uh, box type breathing, <clears throat> um, cold exposure therapy, so doing different therapies thermogenesis um type stuff and and really working for himself in that way he's been able to see changes in terms of bringing that to patient care but wait a second we're going to get into that in a second i want to so how do you do coupled meditation if he a lives in minnesota and you live here do it on the phone We've done it FaceTime. We do it together whenever we're together. And then, um, and we usually start our mornings with it at least five minutes. 
and end our nights with it. Um, so you put, okay, so you're on FaceTime. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be on FaceTime okay. and just, um, say, okay, we're going to do a four second inhale, hold for two seconds, eight second exhale, hold for two seconds. And we'll do this rhythm together. For how long? Uh, usually about five to 10 minutes. It's like your version of like phone sex in a way. You know? <laughs> it is, right? Oh no, my God. Um, Breathing heavy. It's very, it's very spiritual. It's very connecting. I yeah. remember even when I, I was going to do a speech and I was feeling a lot of anxiety. It was the first time I was doing this kind of talk and blah, blah, blah. And I, we did breath work together and it literally just centered me. And I was like, okay, ready. About wow. to do it. And I can do that obviously for myself as well. And that's the same thing. So if we think about a breath cycle... This is how we can manipulate whether we're in the sympathetic and that stress and that fight or flight or that parasympathetic, that mm -hmm. rest, relax, digest state if based on how we're breathing. So if we think of a breath cycle, we have the inhale and we have the exhale, right? Right. And that inhale state is more of that sympathetic state. So think of someone scaring you and you go, <gasps> and you hold that inhale and everything gets really tense and tight and you breathe into your chest. It's usually from your mouth. That's that sympathetic state. So now anything that kind of mimics that all throughout the day. So if I'm breathing through my mouth, mm -hmm. majority of the day, I'm probably more in that in that in that inflammatory mm, state. So if yeah. I'm breathing in and out through my chest, if I'm super tense and tight in my body, if um, and if I'm using more of like taking a deep breath in and using my inhale more than my exhale, then I'm and I'm thinking of this like and I, it, it drives me nuts when people are like take a deep breath and you're like. <gasps> And that's I'm like, right. you're staying in yes, that sympathetic. Yes, that's so true. And then the, out, the, out, the exhale is like, hmm. Yeah, you yeah. don't think about that. But literally now think about when I go get a massage, what am I more in? <sighs> yeah, that's so true. The exhale. And it's the exhale that actually takes us into that parasympathetic. So Interesting. And even if, I'm, if I take my body into better alignment, it's so much easier to then close my mouth mm -hmm. and breathe in and out calmly through my nose. And my nose is really where my rest, where my where my breathing center should be, mm -hmm. not my mouth. My mouth is for eating. Yeah. My mouth is part of digestion. Yeah. This is my respiratory system, so I should be breathing in and out through my nose. I mean, not only does it have a lot of a lot more physiological benefits when I do it in and out through my nose. What um, are they? I'm curious. What are the <laughs> physiological benefits? Um, you you actually end up getting a lot more oxygen all throughout your body because we're not expelling as much carbon dioxide. And that when we when we keep more carbon dioxide within our body, that attaches onto hemoglobin. And then that, that attachment onto hemoglobin is what releases the oxygen. Right. So we get more oxygen through the bloodstream, more oxygen into our into our brain. And that's why even, you know, it's been talked about a lot now, sleeping with your mouth closed. Oh, right. That's right. That's, that's a huge a, right. thing. The sleep apnea is a really big thing right yes. now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so sleeping and with your mouth sleeping with your mouth closed is huge if you want to actually wake up alert and ready for the next day with more energy because you get more, literally more blood flow, more oxygen into your brain. But how do you control that when you're sleeping? So some people will put like, uh, like a little piece of scotch tape this way, not this way. Seriously? But this way, because scotch tape also is very easy to come apart. Right. Right? So if my, I need to, in the middle of the night, open my mouth, it will open. Right. So it's not something to suffocate you. I'm right. not trying to, like, don't no, put duct it, tape on your mouth, people. <laughs> right, right, right. But it's a reminder. It's like, a reminder yeah. to keep your mouth closed. It's just, it's, it's that proprioceptive feedback to just teach your brain and your body how to do that. Does it work? Yeah. I mean, try it for a week. 
I mean, that's a great, that's a, that's a really good piece of advice. Give, what else could someone do? Um, so that's one thing that I love doing. Another thing is really, okay, everything that we talk about for getting into the parasympathetic mm -hmm. system and getting back into that rest, relax, again, longer exhales, shorter inhales, huge, in and out through your nose, huge. Um, and then there's actually areas of our body where our lymphatic system and our nerves cross over. And when we tap into those areas, we're actually able to stimulate more of a relaxation state and get more fluid moving through our body. If we want more fluid, like our fascia, not to be so restricted, mm -hmm. we need more fluid movement. So that's, it comes with obviously getting water in throughout the day, but, but also like getting more lymph moving throughout our body. So that's why I love dry brushing too, um, which is super, you could dry, buy a dry brush on Amazon. You okay. can look up on YouTube how to do dry brushing, super easy. And it's literally two minutes before you shower. You're just like, it, I mean, you can even do it with your hand, literally just like moving um, lymph toward your heart and you get fluids moving better. And it works? Oh yeah. Again, not just once. Yeah, <laughs> but it's accumulative. Accumulative. Yeah. That, well, I think that's the key with a lot of things. Like everything, everything is accumulative. Everything. All habits are accumulative. Yeah. If, if you do anything, just one off here, there, that doesn't do anything. That, nothing. If, nothing. If you have like one Big Mac, it doesn't change your life. If you have one salad, it doesn't change your life. Right. You exactly. Have to do it on a regular, consistent basis. And 100%. that's, but that's the key to, to everything, everything. And people don't want to understand that it's not, Oh, I did it yesterday. Okay. Well you can do it today. It's like brushing your teeth. It's habitual, yes. you know, yes. like, you know, shower, you don't shower just once every two weeks. Well, maybe some, some do. people, yes, I say. <laughs> maybe some do, but you know, if you want to be, if you want to have a, have hygiene, you know, yeah. it's, it's about the consistency. So the, everything is consistency. So that dry brush that you were saying is helpful to basically for your lymph, for your lymph system. And yeah, also, to move. Wait, say it again to. Yeah. For just to get your lymph to move better. Because the thing about fascia too, is that we need slide and glide mm -hmm. between fascial layers. It's okay. a, I mean, fascia is all intertwined. So there's not necessarily layers, but it, think of it like the connective tissue that overlines everything. We have superficial fascia. That's what like kind of stops our mm -hmm. skin from going back and forth. Um, we have fascia that overlies our muscle tissue. We have fascia within our, our organs. We have fascia overlying our right. nerves. Like everything in our body is, is connected through this connective tissue called right. fascia. And the way that it moves well, really well is one, having calmness in our system. So not having that, that built in tension. And then two, having more fluid right. between our system so that it can actually move and glide. And so getting water and having your lymph move really well is our, <laughs> our ways to be able to improve our, not only our mobility, but calm our system. So that basically all of these little tips and tricks kind of are like, are for your body to be less inflammatory, yes. right? Yes. So that's why some really, that's why the lymphatic system is so important because it drains all, it, it, it basically drains the toxins and, yeah. that, and like keeps things moving and yes. fluid. Yes, exactly. And so there's different touch points. So actually right underneath your collarbone, if you're just like kind of rub right underneath your collarbone, like 30 seconds and do this with the, with the exhale, breathing through your nose and really just relaxing. What does it um, do? Over the sternum. So this is where like those nerves in the lymphatic system oh, the, cross. Oh, okay, so, so, yeah. So that's where, so name some places, right? Here yeah. So sternum. over the sternum. So the areas that usually feel a little bit like 
Like, ooh, that doesn't feel good to touch, you know? And then actually grabbing underneath the rib cage and kind of rubbing underneath the rib cage. Again, not so that you're in pain and you're locked up, but you want to breathe with this. That's going to be most effective is that long exhale and that slow breathing. And so anytime you kind of come into this like stressful state, like do some of these points and it, it, like just feel what happens. You will really? be amazed within your body. How, yes. So how long do you do it for? It's just about like 30 seconds in each it's each spot. And it's you have to breathe much. while you're doing it. Yeah. Then. So I would say like either time it or just do 10 slow breaths in each spot. Five to 10 slow breaths, really slow. So again, in through your nose, like four seconds, out through your nose or mouth and really slow for eight, eight, four seconds or eight seconds. So like in and then out for a longer period of time. Right. So the exhale is really important. Yes. And to basically move around the places where like people like where it usually feels kind of gross makes a big what you got to you got to move it around as you as you breathe as you breathe. Mm-hmm. That's a, and the dry brush is a good one too. Mm-hmm. I also think that you know what I think about that couples meditation that you just or couples breath work you know <laughs> the, the euphemism for meditation. Um, why I like it is that it also gives people like some, like a, like people, couples or people to do together as like, yeah. um, kind of, to, to kind of build that, not just rapport. That's not the right word. I'm like, what do you, what do you call it? Like, it's just closeness or, yeah. you know, like, and also like, it keeps you accountable. Like mm-hmm. if I'm doing, it's like kind of like having a workout buddy, mm-hmm. right? Like you have someone else to kind of keep you accountable or kind of make you do something that maybe normally would be uncomfortable yeah. that you guys And it's a way together. to just like connect, connect again, connect you know? Like and like we, it's easy to disconnect in this world that's just hustle and go and go and like, oh, hi, sweetie, bye. And like, yeah. you know, and this is a way to actually like, how can we both like be here, right. present and connect again? But if you're doing the four breaths in and the eight breaths out, how long is that period? Those are 10 minutes you do it, five minutes, two minutes, three minutes? I say at least start and give yourself at least, like don't even time it, see how long you can go. And maybe you're like, or maybe you turn on a timer and you're like, I got five minutes right now. Do it for five minutes. Like that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, especially nature, super calming. Like that has studies as well that to, can just like tap us out of pain. So even if you're just like walk, like you're on a run, take mm-hmm. a moment to like sit in a tree and, and focus on this breath and see like, can I touch these different points and what is my rib cage doing? And, and am I breathing into my chest and just start to observe? Cause even just observing our body will get us out of like the thought process yeah. of everything else I have going on within the right, day. Right, 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 right. And so that's a quick meditative practice. And especially you're in nature, you're sitting, like it just being able to come back to centering and calm. We all need. Right. Everyone needs it. I mean, that's something that's so hard for people who are not typically that person or yeah. type A to kind of get to that place. Totally. It's really, really I agree. difficult. I agree, but it's so it's so incredibly crucial, it and is. not later, but now, and um, and when you also, I like to say, like when we start to change the function of our genes, we're able to pass that function on. So if you're not really? only just doing it for you, do it for little humans who might come after yeah. you, and for generations after you, like because we do take on some genetic predisposition from. What right, we right, had. Right, right. We don't have to own that, and we have the ability to start to adapt and start to change the function. So, if you can start it within you right now, imagine what you can carry on 
after that. Is this part of your program, the optimal body? Is this what you do in it or what is um, your I'm thing? bringing in mindset tools for sure okay. to start to work through um, these kinds of things. But optimal body is more focused physically, oh, physically. right now. Okay. Um, so we do like talking about functional hit workouts, meaning like what does your single leg stability look like? What does internal rotation of your hip, external rotation in an exercise form look I, like? I loved what you did on Instagram uh, with that with that deadlift, that single leg deadlift, oh, because yeah. when your hip yes. is, because that's, and you know, I, this is what I do for a living. My hip always swings out mm -hmm. because it's just my body. I feel predisposed because I've been doing something for so long yeah. Yeah. that what happens is that becomes like my new normal mm -hmm. that exactly. I, you have to retrain as you retrain your brain, your body yeah. to do something properly. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, that was a great video. Thank you. you know, you're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate but, that. You know, you're welcome. So it's basically, that's more of a physical program. Yeah. And then, and it's drop dropping in the, the, like the tools for mindset, but just like listen to this podcast, yeah, you know, and listen yeah. to like the tools and, and start to implement that and know that like, even I have people like write out a list sometimes, like what are all the, the things that I've been told get passed down onto me? Mm -hmm. Now, what do I have control over based on inflammation? Can I cross off things that come from inflammation? Yeah. And then you see like, oh, there's actually like, I'm not, I don't have to take this on. Right. I don't have to have this as what is put on me and I, I get to control it now. Well, I love these tips and tricks because I think I, what I love about it is that it's like people can listen to this and then they can actually do implement it easily. Mm -hmm. Like here's an easy way that you can, here are five easy ways that you can really reduce inflammation in yes. your body by doing this, 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 and this, yeah. as opposed to this like esoteric, well, maybe if you do this and the, these are actually like proven proven things that mm -hmm. at, will, will actually lessen the inflammation in your body, yes. which by the way, inflammation not only causes a lot of disease, but, um, it also, I think it also gives you a lot of mental, uh, your, your mental clarity totally. and it helps with your cognitive function. Mm -hmm. Like inflammation is like deadly in so many ways. Yeah. It really and is. It, and it comes with not only our environment, mm -hmm. but how we're you know, how we're reacting to our environment. So what am I, and then that's where the internal conversation yeah, I say okay, comes that's in. Right. So the internal conversation is, okay, I've taken on all these things. So now I can't do this. I can't do this. I don't have this. I don't have that. And it's like, why are we focused on what we don't have or what we can't do? Mm -hmm. Like, Everyone, let's, let's put that to the side and let's just focus on what we can do mm -hmm. and what we do have within our body. Because yeah. when that's possible, anything, we can lean into anything. And it might not look exactly the way you expected it to and like the end result, but you can still go on a journey of like, I want to be this kind of athlete. You can still do that. You might not be the best, right, right, but right. you can still lean in. Um, and so I, I don't like, let's get out of this mentality of what we don't have, what we you know can't control. Because I one of the great things about going through physical therapy school, I got to work with so many different humans and individuals. Mm -hmm. And one guy who really impacted me he has cerebral palsy and work and lives in a wheelchair, but he lives on his own and watching him like get down from his wheelchair and put on his shoes and socks. It, I mean, it takes like 20 minutes cause he's contractured all over. And not only does wow. he have contractures, but he can't use the motor control of his mouth. Super brilliant. So smart, wow. but can't physically talk. And, and we look at him and we say limitations the way he can't do. But he looks at it and says, okay, what can I do? And what do I have control over? And when he got too big to pull himself back into his wheelchair, he started swimming with his physical therapist so that he can lose weight. 
Really? Yes. So again, okay, I can't pull myself into my wheelchair. What do I have control over? And he continues to come back to this mindset of what I do have and what I can do. And he lives completely on his own. That's amazing. That's an incredible, incredible story. Because I think, again, this is about, this is everybody. It's about what you tell tell yourself, Mm -hmm. what you can or cannot do. And Mm -hmm. you, people put their own limitations on themselves based on so many different variables in their life. Right. And I think we'll get into the other part of the conversation after, but Someone like that, if, if someone like that can actually can see the glass half full and what they can do. By the way, when I wrote Strong as a New Skinny, I wrote it because the, the message behind that was the same. Not everybody can be skinny. Not, everyone yeah. can, not everyone's born to be a waif, right? Yeah. But my whole point is not everyone can be skinny, but everybody can be strong. Yeah. So focus on um, something, a goal that's actually attainable that you can do Mm because everyone can be stronger, Mm -hmm. right? Not everyone can be skinny. And it's the same kind of methodology. It's like focus on what you could have control over, what you can, what you can make better because that, that mindset give builds confidence and self-esteem, which then basically spirals into so many other positive attributes. Right. But I love that story about that guy. That's amazing. It really is. Yeah. And it's that's so it's 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 everything. How, and then like this is what the podcast is really about is about like basically like having positive habits really like mm-hmm. what people do day to day to be the best versions of themselves or mm-hmm. be the most productive or be whatever that is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and what and what and like kind of like giving people practical takeaways, right? That they can kind of help implement. So like something like Oh, I like I love that story. But that guy like just threw me off. That's an amazing story because <laughs> yeah. it's amazing. Like it yeah. makes me it brings tears to my eyes because I think that there's people who have so much more in life and they're just always like what they don't have, what they don't yep. have. Yeah, you know, and that's what we tend to focus on. And as a society, it's what we tend to focus on. Even me, um, I remember yeah getting like I would regularly get ready in the morning. Um, this was a few years ago and. I would be tearing down everything that I don't like or, oh, this is gross or, oh, this is bad and tearing myself down. Right. And someone said like, you know, you're creating a really negative environment. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is just what I say to myself. Like, right. I'm not saying it to anyone else. Right. Um, and when I, when I, that became just clicked an awareness to me, I saw my mom doing it to herself. I saw my friends doing it to themselves. And it was a norm right. that we did in society, at least, especially for women, I, say, I would a say. Very, that's a very female thing to do, yeah. though, right? Like, oh, I look so ugly. I'm so yes. fat. I yes. like, like, that's just like, it's a go- your go-to. Right, Yeah, exactly. it's your go-to, right? But again, focused on the negative yeah. rather than the positive. Oh, so yeah. what am I drawing into myself? And then what is the environment that I'm allowing other people to step into as well? That's such a great point. And so that's when I was like, oh, whoa, this really gets to change. And so I committed to myself to write down three things, I, two to three things I loved about myself every single day for 30 days. And I asked for accountability. And I said, okay, mom, you don't get to say anything negative about yourself. If you do, I'm going to catch wow. you and make you switch it. And if I say anything negative, you get to catch me, make me switch me, switch it. And I did the same for my friends. And now my friends know, like, no one's allowed to say anything negative about themselves because we catch each other, we hold each other accountable, and we're here to build each other up, not only each other, but ourselves. 
that's a great, that's like a, is it kind of like a 30 day challenge? Yeah. That's positive. Yeah. Like I, I was saying on another podcast yet, like a little while ago that some of these 30 day challenges, they can be, they could be destructive because what happens is of course you're like going in deprivation then mm-hmm. back when you get off of them. But this is the one of the, this is one of the 30 day challenges that are, that can actually be really, really positive because it can be life-changing it is it can be life-changing because it, it's it's changing your brain yes. and tweaking by doing a small thing like that every single day it becomes that becomes your new habit and it just like, builds awareness like even yeah, I know catching yourself yes yeah. so now I notice like even if I look at a photo for the first time what am I am I drawing so it just to myself and saying I don't like it because I don't like what I'm seeing but everyone does that everyone does it but now how can we switch that and say and the first thing that yeah. we look at, be like, oh, look at this, um, this amazing group of people or look at this location that yeah. we're at, like how amazing and have that be the first thing. And then maybe you're like, but maybe we can also take another photo. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Like, That's yeah. okay. But what if the first thing we went to right. was something positive, something we appreciated, something we're grateful for rather than something we need to tear down. And I think what you just said is like, if you put yourself on some kind of challenge for a certain finite amount of time where you're, then you're making other people accountable for you and vice versa. Yes. That's how, that's how like that habit change. That's how you change that behavior. That's the only way because people come on all the time and we talk about, we read about this, like just have a positive mindset. Yeah. Just think po- ex- positive affirmations. Right. But you have to start somewhere. You can't just like one day be like, okay, I'm going to do it. Unless sometimes, unless you have like a support system yeah. to kind of catch you exactly. when you're not doing it. Accountability is everything, everything in life. Business accountability, personal everything. accountability, fitness accountability. It's, it's everything. Everything. Consistency and accountability yes. are what people, what, what makes people successful in yeah. anything in the, in their life, personal, professional. 100%. So like, but what happens if someone's not in your brain? So like if you're getting dressed and you're with your mom and you have this thing with your mom or your friends, you could still be getting dressed and be like, Oh, I feel, I look ugly. There's no one to stop your account. There's no one to stop you and be like, uh, uh, uh. That's why. I mean, that's how I grew up listening to that. That is the norm. But then, so how do you stop? Like, so when you do that, because you're on this challenge, you'll be like, no, I can't, I'm not allowed. Like, it'll remind you not to think that way. It's a reminder for me. Yeah. Not to think that way. Especially at the end of the night when I'm like, okay, what are two or three things I have to write down about myself? Which after a few days, you're like, shit, what else do I love about myself? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, wait, I was going to say, like, after a few days, like, what are you writing down? But it's, like, and, and mostly what people tend to go to is personality, right? Yeah. Oh, I love this about my personality, this, so this, true. this. Eventually, you're going to get into what you actually love physically about yourself, too, which is so powerful to be able to acknowledge. Really? I feel like you're right. I feel like because we're so we're so critical on our physical mm-hmm. appearance mm-hmm. that like once you finish all the, all the, per, like, you know, all the personality things, yeah. you're like, fuck now what? You know, yeah, you exactly. have to start like, okay, I guess I have nice arms or nice toes or whatever. Yes. Like you have to start doing something. Yes. Exactly. That's a really good one, Jen. That's a really good one. And then I think because like what you're saying, what happens is once we start, we're so used to having that negativity, then we end up like doing other things in our environment that, that would kind of, that kind of support that, like yes. bad relationships yep. or mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, we, Jen, of course, had, well, not of course, but you know, <laughs> had, 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 a, had a very serious relationship and it would, didn't end very well. I'm not, not going to say anymore because I don't want to, Jen can say it, you know, he was yeah. not exactly a good guy. Um, and like you were saying before, basically based on 
because you don't know sometimes the chicken or the egg, like what happens yeah. first, right? Yes. You know, you thought then that like, that's what you were okay with mm-hmm. and, and that's what you should have or mm-hmm. like what you, what you deserve, right? Because of all these other things that all the other variables that kind of interplay. Right. So that's where I think we dive into what I think is the most important part of the conversation, which is listening. Because if I'm in conversation with someone, I'm mm-hmm. saying you're worth listening to. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we do that enough to our bodies. Like you're worth listening to. What right. Your, what your body is feeling in terms of tired or bloated or restricted or weak or whatever. Like yeah. instead of just what is the one pill? What is the one exercise? What is the yeah, one quick thing? Fix. Yeah. Quick fix. Instead of masking mm-hmm. what our body is trying to tell us, what if we actually took the time to listen? And that's where I, I like to bring people back into it. It's like, and listening doesn't mean like, okay, well, I'm craving sweets, so I'm just going to grab sweets. <laughs> exactly. Listening actually means after I eat this food, do I feel bloated? Mm-hmm. And so what can I change within that food that maybe might not make me feel bloated next time mm-hmm. or might not make my stomach ache? Or how could I maybe add something in that would give me more energy? And maybe that is breathing and going into meditation. Maybe that is getting an extra couple hours of sleep. Maybe that is getting more water. You know, whatever it may be, or changing your environment or putting headphones in when you're at work so you don't have to listen to the outside noise. Like, how can you start to shift and change your environment or what you're putting in your body to actually start to listen to what it needs and what makes it feel better? And that's the listening portion. And we sometimes, you know, we were out of tune with that. And I realized for myself that the listening goes way further than even just that physical aspect. But it's like, what was, what's my intuition telling me? Mm-hmm. What inner am I really not listening to? And last year I ended up getting shingles. Um, and... I realize now <laughs> that right. I was not listening to that inner portion, right. that intuition. It was like there is a person inside me screaming to be heard, screaming to like, I'm not okay and something's not right mm-hmm. and I needed help. And rather than really being heard and being seen, um, I didn't feel like that was happening. So my body manifested shingles yeah wow and it was like I I like forgot about it for a little bit or I didn't forget about it I just I ignored it because I thought oh like I've had a rash come up from like heat from like working out and stuff so I thought oh it might just be that and then I went to the dermatologist and she was like oh that's shingles I'm like oh great yeah exactly confirmed stressed right so because it's shingles because I had shingles when I was pregnant it was very odd but yeah crazy I got shingles when I was pregnant um, and it's a very odd thing yeah. to get because a lot of people get it when they're under a lot, lot of stress. stress. Yes. Like physical stress, mental stress. Like, yeah. So when, before you got your shingles, cause you weren't pregnant, did, where were you in your brain? Like, did you feel like, did you feel like your immune, did you feel stressed? Did you, I did, did feel stressed. Did you have any other kind of ailment that kind of, or precursor? I, so I didn't have any, um, anything like that, but I did have, so At the time, I was in a relationship that I was getting very frustrated, that I felt like it wasn't moving in a trajectory I thought it would be. Right. And I had been very patient. It had been four years. And I'm like, what is happening here? And so I was getting very frustrated. And I even sought out therapy to help with both of us. Like couples therapy or just? Couples therapy. 
And even through that, I still felt not seen, not heard, and kind of pushed down. And frustrated. And so frustrated. And it wasn't until I told the therapist that I had shingles that she finally like was like, oh, you actually need attention too. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's crazy. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was manifest. We were talking about this earlier. Like whatever happens, it does manifest itself physically. Like there's such a connection between what such happens, a mind, body, environment. And so what I realized is that I was so out of alignment within my relationship. So that was part of my environment mm -hmm. that I was not aligned with because I can meditate, which I did. Mm -hmm. I, I even got like this little, I remember getting this little book because I was just like in, like I was seeking something. Right. I was like, I'm so like something needs to change and shift. And I remember getting this little book that was like meditations for strong women and it helped. Like I loved reading it. I loved like right. meditating on it. I was journaling. I was seeking out therapy. I, was, I move all the right. time. I work out. I do. I eat well. Um, so I was doing all the things. You're doing everything that, else. Yes, yeah. exactly. But instead, really listening to my intuition, where my intuition was telling me I'm not in a place that I need to be in this relationship, and it is okay to step away. Right. And I wasn't listening to that. And instead, I was saying, no, I need to be more understanding. I need to be more accepting. I need to be more, like, lenient. I need to be more whatever. Yeah. And I realized that the more that I kept saying I needed to be more of something, yeah. the more I was telling myself, bottom line, I'm not enough. Right. Because if I need to be more right. of something for someone else, then that means who I am inside it, is not enough. Right. So true. And so at the end of the day, like the relationship fell apart because I found out about some unfaithfulness because and infidelity. Jerk. Sorry, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I found out about, you know, unfaithfulness. And, um, and so I was able to step away, but it was a huge wake up call. Like, duh, like, did I need this to step away? I didn't. And I could have stepped away before. So for me, it was this forgiveness of myself for not stepping away sooner. But did you have an intuition yes. that he was unfaithful already? I didn't have an intuition that he was unfaithful. I had an intuition that values, core values that really meant the most yeah. to me were not aligned. Yeah. Like some core values for me are family, like huge, yeah. family's huge. And he was just like, that was the hardest thing for him to like really be involved with my family. And and I just kept, okay, I need to be more understanding, more accepting, more this, more that, rather than saying, no, this is not in right. alignment. So you were compromising your core value yes. system for someone else. Yes. So that's what was like giving you that, like that, that, that kind stress. of like aggravation and, and frustration. Mm -hmm. But, um, but usually they say when people are cheaters, they're, people usually have the intuition, like women or men, whoever right. the cheater or cheaty is, whatever. But, and you're so like in tune. So I, I think I am now more so than I then? was. And I think where it came from, where I didn't allow myself. So I think I've, I am in tune, yeah. but I didn't allow myself to listen to that or trust right. it because I've also been for, and this is again, just me personally. Yeah. Um, I realized that I've grown up very amazing lifestyle, um, with beautiful family, but I've also been taught like what I do and what to do. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, I go to church. I, I do well in yeah. school. I do 
like I'm a a good gymnast I'm very law abiding Mm -hmm. I'm very like follow the rules I'm very do what I'm told yeah and so through that process I never really developed how to listen to my own intuition Mm. and when I would listen and how to trust that within myself yeah and I think because I even went through my own stuff of like not loving myself not really seeing that not you know all that kind of stuff it just all kind of like I know why I was in that relationship I know how I drew that in right not not feeling secure in myself not knowing my intuition not listening to myself I knew from the very beginning I had told myself this would be someone that I have fun with but never someone long term I had told myself that from the very beginning you knew that already so had I listened and trusted how to listen to that we went like none of this would have happened. Right. So you did have intuition at the beginning. I did. And you I decided just, not to listen to it and yes, trust it. Yes. So it just you basically probably shoved it, pushed it behind, you know, in the back of your head. So yes. you did have that intuition. I did, and I didn't listen to it, and that taught me how to not listen to it again and again and again, you know. And and I'm so grateful actually for what happened because it just it it gave me this freedom of like, oh, I can trust myself. Yeah. Like. I, I do know. And it was such a beautiful lesson to be able to learn. And then the forgiveness came not in him because his choices and what he decides to do, that's his own journey. But for me, like I forgive myself for thinking that I'm not enough and that I needed to stay in this relationship. I forgive myself for not walking away sooner. I forgive myself ultimately for not trusting myself. Yeah. That's such a beautiful point, Jen, because number one, I think when you meet somebody it was how many years, four or five years ago, like yeah. people evolve and morph over time and years, right? Like you're, you've been on a personal growth journey for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And the person you were when you met him on day one is obviously not the same person you are on day, whatever it is now. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. And it's a really positive, um, message, I guess that you're putting out there that like you, instead of like, putting the onus on someone else's, you know, jerk off moves. Yeah. You're like, you're saying, you know what? Like whoever I was, that is, I've learned from it. Mm-hmm. And now instead of putting it on him, I'm just forgiving myself or I move past it knowing what I, what I deserve, what I can tolerate. Cause the truth of the matter is you, you have changed since yeah. like that, that oh, moment, yeah. you know, yeah. like when I met you and I knew you when you were going out, when, when you were still dating him, there has been a, a slight change in like your personality now where it's like, you do seem a little bit more like open and and not not happy. I would, but kind of like mm-hmm. you're kind of like you are. Like it's because like you know what you're willing to tolerate and like what you oh, want. I'm clear. And you're clear. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you've kind of grown from it. Yeah. And moved totally. on from it. Totally. You know. And I and I've done the work. Like and I I will say to anyone, don't compare anyone's journey. Yeah. Like I think it's like there's no there's no one size fits all for anything, right? And so there's also no like, okay, this person cheated, that means you walk away. Like maybe for some, that means you have a family, you have things, maybe they're willing to dive in and and truly do the work. Like it is brave if you stay and you're worthy for staying, you're worthy for walking away and it's brave to walk away. Either way, I don't, I don't say one is, is better than the other. And and one is right or wrong. It's not about right or wrong. It's about your own, like knowing what you need right. for you. And your journey. And But for the purpose of what this is all about, it's the fact that having toxic relationships, yep. having toxicity around you yep. 
in your environment affects your mental health. It affects your physical, physical. health. Mm-hmm. It affects every piece of what's going on. So if mm-hmm. you're trying to be, you know, if you're trying to level up, yes. which people love that terminology, yeah. you know, you really have to like take like, you know, have like a, you know, come to Jesus with yourself and look at every aspect of what's going on in your life because yeah. you're never going to get to that place if you don't take care of like your business in your backyard of yes. like what's how people are making how people make you feel. Yeah. That to me is like a big one too, right? Yeah. Because that will give you either confidence or insecurity. Exactly. And that will move you or shift you in one way or another. Totally. So who aligns with you? And it's okay for you not to fill it with one person. Right. Again, that doesn't make it wrong or bad with right. that person. It just makes it like, hey, listen, I'm going to listen that this, something in my gut comes up when I am mm-hmm. around this person and doesn't feel good. So I'm not going to keep putting myself in that situation. That's what it's about. No, absolutely. I, I, I agree. So then like, that's why I say you're much more than just a doctor of physical therapy because you, because you do such, you're such on such always are always trying to improve yourself personally, professionally, everything. Like, you know, you've given us amazing tips. Like what are you, what's your core focus now? Is it not, is it the mobility, like the mobility method? Do you see patients? Do you do the optimal body? Like you're like a powerhouse on social media, doc Jen fit. She has like, I don't know, like almost a million people following her. <laughs> um, what, what's your core right now that you spend most time doing? Um, for me, honestly, my core is like coming back still into me. I think this whole journey, this whole process of coming out of that past relationship and really learning about myself and taking time for myself has been huge. Yeah. And I've actually, like, to be completely honest, stepped away from, like, as much business hustle, which yeah. has felt freeing. Yeah. And, and I really am committed to, like, okay, how, what do I really feel value in and what do I really feel like I can help people with? And I know I continue to post on social media because people have resonated not only with my story but still with how I educate yeah. as well, and that means a lot to me. Well, you're a good educator on it. That's why, Thank like you. I said. And do you feel pressure a little bit with that? Like, I feel like when you have that many followers and that much, you know, stuff – do you feel like this anxiety, like you have to keep on giving out good content and be present all the time and like share your life when maybe sometimes you're just not in the mood? Like you said, like you just want to be alone or like take time for yourself. Like, is there a lot of that that happens? Honestly, not really. For me personally, okay. it's something that I have always enjoyed. That's how it got built in mm-hmm. the first place is just like, oh, cool. Like this is happening. Let me lean in. Right. And it's always something that I've just like enjoyed doing. So I like leaning in. And it's also your knowledge base was just different maybe too. Yeah. And I know that for me, like if a day goes by or a few days go by and I'm like, I don't have anything inspiring to that I feel inspired by to promote or to post or to educate on that I'm not going to and like last night I was at like a woman's dinner so it was like I don't need to post right now not attached it's going to be fine it's going to be there like as we say don't you I mean don't you ever feel like oh shit like I'm at this event that like I have to like share it with my followers because and then you can't really enjoy the moment sometimes you know like when you just can't just like sit there and like Mm -hmm. have a good conversation with whoever's at your women's dinner Mm -hmm. because you gotta be like wait I want to show everyone you know a b and c you know so it depends sometimes I'll go to something and there'll be nothing that's shared and I'm and that was exactly yeah, the result. I was 100% night, yeah. present in it. Last night, I didn't end up taking any videos. I was tagged in one, so I was able to then share it later the next day. Um, what a crazy world we live in. Like, why do you have to feel that? I mean, not you. I'm talking yeah. more about a bigger... But we do. We feel the need to to share. And, and I think it just comes back to like, okay, 
like look into yourself. And this is where I come into like, how do you tap into listening to your intuition? Like really getting clear, like, who are you? Um, and this even goes into like, what are you going to share? Like, what, what are you sharing for? Take away like what society thinks that you should do, what parents think you should do, what friends think you should do. Like, take it away. Why is it that you're sharing? Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't feel real and authentic, why are you sharing it? Or like coming back into intuition, who are you? Like, who do you want to be? Who do you want to show up as? And again, take away what parents want from you. Take away what society wants from you. Take away from friends or a significant other and really get clear on who you are. And I would say do breath work into that journal on it talk about it with friends like the more that you get clear on who you are the more that you're going to get clear on who you want around you yeah absolutely and also they you know i'm sure you've heard this maybe not but you are the sum of the five people closest to you in your life so yeah. that's why it's again very important to like really look around the room and see who you're the close like the five people you're closest with because chances are their energy know, rubs off absolutely like and and I also say like you know I'm not friends with only entrepreneurs and and that thing like I am a very super loyal person like my family is an all entrepreneurs and I'm super right. close to them and I don't think that's bad but it's also like okay how much energy am I putting into relationships and just understanding for me and myself like what's important and where I want to move into so if it is a time in my life where I want to like really hustle and work, I'm going to surround myself around more people who are going to inspire me to shift into that. But life's also a whole, is, is a whole, right? Like being a good, being an entrepreneur and having those qualities that makes a good, what makes a good entrepreneur, you know, an entrepreneur, that's one piece of the pie. But if you mm -hmm. want to be a good person mm -hmm. and if you want to have a whole, a whole life personally, professionally, you know, you're, you're, you're around your family, like you said, but to me, your family has given you a lot of core values that, oh, are, super, like, that are like so strong and yeah. positive. Yeah. Like that makes someone a good entrepreneur. That makes someone a good friend. Yeah. That makes somebody a good husband, wife, whatever. Like you got to be a whole person, I you know? I think so too. So you surround yourself with people who have the qualities that you want, like kindness. Yeah. If it is kindness. Yeah. If it's drive, you have people who are around who have driven, yes. who have drive. Yes. But usually I feel like, you know, water does always find its level and you gravitate to people that you're typically similar to. Yes. Right? Yes. And then with other aspects, then you're able to weed out and whatever else. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's important to not just have people who are just one dimensional, like hardcore yes. driven entrepreneur, yes. but like the other stuff help balance you. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I completely agree. Yeah, and it's just it's such a beautiful thing when you're able to really get clear, and it's yeah. like that's how I've met. Like, I really think yeah. I've met the person that I'm with now because I've gone through what yeah. I've gone through and gotten just so clear on what it is that I want. And I've been unapologetically myself yes. asking for what it is that I want in a relationship and that I'm really looking for in a partner. And he's matched that to, like, above and beyond. And I've it's really felt like such a connected soul Thing that I've never felt in my life. Wow, look at that. Did you hear that, Dominic? Wow. <laughs> you should take this podcast and like send him that. Oh, wow. It's amazing. That was really nice. That's a really nice thing to say. It's yeah. very nice. I never heard that about the other guy. And you know who you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding. I'm going to get in trouble after. No. I know. <laughs> okay. Jensen, where do people find you? Tell them your, oops, tell them uh, all your all your in information so if they yeah. don't know who you are and they want more amazing information on the body on mobility on self-improvement yeah. please 
Yeah. Um, so I'm on Instagram the most, DocGenFit. Um, I cross handles the website, DocGenFit, um, Facebook, YouTube, DocGenFit for everything. Um, and then the mobility method, you can really go in and learn about your own body. It's a whole self-assessment stuff. Um, and then the optimal body is a way to just, again, be able to learn. It's all about, my stuff is all about education. It's yeah. not about like losing weight and getting fit and getting strong even. It's just about educate your body. Start to learn about what's, what's not working well so that you can start to improve on what you need to work well. Well, that's why I was going to, I mean, that's great. And I, that's why, that's why I think you have as many followers as you do because like the education part, you don't just like post just silliness. You, you, you give people like real fundamental information that's helpful. And most people don't do that crap. So with that being said, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Uh, and I'm going to have you on again. Yay. Uh, bye. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.